I'm Connie Young with Young Ranch in Bandera, Texas, and we're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We've got another week rolling, and I've got another episode rolling for you of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, it's no secret there's more and more Texas livestock going to the sale this year thanks to the hot weather and the drought. But just how many more have gone? Well, we've got some numbers for you thanks to the Texas Animal Health Commission. We'll take a look at how many cattle, sheep, and goats are heading through our auction barns this year coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. The water challenges of the Texas High Plains are impacting sorghum farmers this season in multiple ways. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. A South Central Texas demonstration farm continues educating organizations and individuals about agricultural production more than 90 years after its establishment. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have more from the Luling Foundation on Texas Ag Today. U.S. federal agencies could help make fertilizer more affordable and available for U.S. growers. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Drought is causing more livestock to go through Texas auction barns this year. The Texas Animal Health Commission has released a report showing just how many more animals are being sold. From January through June of this year, Texas Livestock Auction sold 1,837,000 cattle. That's over 255,000 more than the same period last year. The barns sold 285,000 goats. That's over 19,000 more than last year. But sheep numbers are actually down this year. The auction market's selling about 2,000 less sheep. Many cattle producers have been culling or liquidating their herds due to drought, but many are still trying to hold on. South Texas farmer Russell Baining has both cattle and row crops on his farm south of San Antonio. He says so far he has done some culling, but he hasn't had to liquidate any cattle thanks to his crop residue. No, we haven't. And, you know, you know, we're, we're putting up some model stubble from these irrigated acres, uh, so we have some hay during the winter, and we're grazing some of those dry land acres that we can, and uh, we're grazing some irrigated milo stubble on our beef herd. We haven't liquidated anything yet. We've culled close. She better be raising a good one, and she better be bred back and, and all those things. I, I know a lot of folks have. You know, I kind of told my brother we might be better off selling the, some of the cows and selling some of the hay. 
because hay is a pretty scarce commodity right now. Baining says he's managed to bale hay on some irrigated coastal fields, but that's about the only grass he has. Well, it is dry here in Texas, but there is a lot of the country dealing with drought right now. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says topsoil moisture levels are the driest we've seen since the 2011 drought. In fact, the very short-to-short number for the week ending July 17th has increased to 45%. That is up three percentage points from the previous week. The very short-to-short number, that is the highest for this time of year at any time during the last seven years, going back to the mid-2010s. Leading the way again this week, Texas coming in at 94%, very short-to-short. The drought monitor map released on Thursday continues to look brutal, with the entire state of Texas covered in some level of drought. USDA released its biannual cattle inventory report Friday afternoon, showing the cattle inventory down 2% compared to a year ago. All cattle and calves in the U.S. totaled 98.8 million head. That's 2% below the 101 million head in July of last year. The water challenges of the Texas High Plains are affecting sorghum farmers this year in multiple ways. James Hunt has the story from Amarillo. Something we talk about a lot in the Texas High Plains region is the way water, or lack thereof, is reshaping area agriculture. One example of that this season relates to silage. Dr. Brent Bean of the Sorghum Checkoff says silage production in our area appears to have shifted a little to the sorghum side. And I think the reason for that is just because we knew we were going to have a dry summer for the most part. Uh, In some cases, wells just didn't come back to the level that they normally come back at during the winter where they kind of replenish and that water level comes up a little bit in those wells. In some cases, we didn't see that this year. So I think growers, instead of using corn silage, which typically takes more water, they did make that decision to go with sorghum silage just because we just don't have the water, even in a good year a lot of times, to grow a really good corn silage crop. But going into this year just being, again, dry and the forecast being dry, I think more people did go that route, planting a silage sorghum rather than a silage corn. Meanwhile, our dry conditions may have affected sorghum production in our area in another way. Typically, when we have a lot of cotton failures, as we certainly are this season, we see grain sorghum picking up some additional acres as a replant crop. But Dr. Bean says with our ongoing drought, the thought of replanting might not have been as enticing this go-round. Certainly some guys just said, hey, I'm just going to leave this fallow and not plant anything because it's just so dry and the forecast is dry. But there was some that did go in and plant some grain sorghum following that cotton. Also related to dry conditions and sorghum, although the reason for this is not entirely clear, Dr. Bean says the sugarcane aphid appears to be more of an issue in drought years. Something for farmers to watch for in the weeks ahead. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A South Texas demonstration farm is attracting organizations and individuals to learn more about agricultural production. Tom Nicoletti has more on the Luling Foundation. The Luling Foundation is located in the town of Luling in Caldwell County, northeast of San Antonio. 
The foundation's general manager is Michael Cook. The Luling Foundation is in its 95th year of existence. It's an agricultural demonstration farm that was started by our founder, Edgar B. Davis, who discovered the oil field here in the early 1900s. He wanted the farmers and ranchers and landowners in this area to have a better way through education. So we're here to create opportunities in agriculture for folks in Gonzales, Caldwell, and Guadalupe counties, plus anyone in the area that wants to uh, listen to our programming mostly individuals and farmers and ranchers that want to hear about our programmings, about better production systems, better marketing approaches, and uh, different types of uh, developments and land uses. We are in a uh, beef cattle shoot, so tell us a little bit about what you have set up here to uh, educate people. So our approach is using knowledge and information, and from time to time, the equipment is brought in to help us use uh, that approach for uh, getting that information out to folks. We use the squeeze chute that you mentioned for uh, safe handling for people and, the, and animals when we work our beef cattle. Uh, some of this equipment is uh, for uh, harvesting, for uh, land shaping and earth moving. We're here to uh, have general and topic specific field days and information programs for youth and adults to help them find a better way in agriculture and land stewardship. We have adult and youth education programs and we give scholarships for health care, for agriculture, and for general education, as well as vocational type endeavors. That's Michael Cook, the general manager of the Luling Foundation. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Federal agencies could help make fertilizer more affordable for American farmers and ranchers. Gary Joyner tells how. America's farmers must have access to crucial fertilizer supplies. Several factors have combined to create shortages and drive up fertilizer costs. Those factors include the ongoing war in Ukraine due to Russia's invasion, rising inflation, labor shortages, regulatory hurdles, and increased transportation costs. The American Farm Bureau Federation is asking the U.S. Department of Agriculture and other federal agencies to take action. Barriers must be removed that stand in the way of improved access to fertilizer. Recommendations include assistance for farmers to expand on-site farm fertilizer storage capacity to help them manage costs throughout the year. The Environmental Protection Agency should seek reforms to review processes that create barriers for domestic fertilizer production. Weight restrictions should be modernized for trucks to reduce the number of trucks needed to transport goods. And rail reforms are needed to promote rail competition, fair rates, and reliable service. Fertilizer is a global commodity, and these U.S. efforts would not solve all problems, but the actions would be huge in helping U.S. growers produce enough food, fuel, and fiber for a world that is needing American agriculture. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. The week many of you have been waiting for is finally here, Shark Week. And a pair of Texas researchers will be featured on two shows. I'm Jessica Dommel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And most grazing beef cattle will need vitamin and mineral supplementation during the summer. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Attention farmers and ranchers ages 18 to 35. Texas Farm Bureau has an amazing opportunity to highlight individual achievements, discuss complex agricultural issues, share your Texas Ag story, and be rewarded. 
Full-time producers can apply for the Outstanding Young Farmer and Rancher Contest for a chance to win a $60,000 prize package. Part-time producers and those individuals involved in other ag industries can participate in the Excellence in Agriculture Contest for a chance to win a $15,000 prize package. Actively contributing and growing in agriculture and the Texas Farm Bureau has its benefits, like cash prizes and recognition for a job well done. For more details and an application, visit texasfarmbureau.org. Applications are due August 4th. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Most grazing beef cattle will need vitamin and mineral supplementation during the summer. Dr. Bob Judd says mineral intake should be a top priority at this time of year. Philip Lancaster indicates at Drovers.com that over the next few months, nutrient requirements for energy and protein are usually met by forage, so vitamins and minerals are the main concern. Philip is a BCI nutritionist and indicates mineral intake is the number one priority as cows do not consume free-choice mineral consistently throughout the summer grazing season. Some believe that cows will consume the minerals and vitamins they need, but this is not the case. Philip indicates that salt is the driving force affecting mineral intake. If cattle are ingesting large amounts of salt in the forage, they will decrease intake of high-salt mineral. So adjusting the amount of salt in the mineral is the best method of regulating intake. Availability and location of clean water can also impact mineral intake, as mineral usually has a high salt content and cattle will need fresh water to drink after consuming the mineral, or they will decrease mineral intake. The form of the mineral also plays a role in consumption, as cows consume less block mineral than loose mineral, just because it takes more time to consume the block mineral. If cattle are over-consuming mineral, blocks are a good option as the high palatability of tubs with mineral can result in overconsumption. Individual cows do not consume the same amount of mineral, so it is important to measure the amount of mineral consumed. Also consider the quality of the mineral, which determines the amount of mineral needed, and this also depends on the mineral content of the forage the cattle are grazing. If you have other questions about mineral nutrition for your grazing beef cattle, contact me at texvet at txfb.org. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Shark Week is here, and Texas researchers will be featured on two shows this year. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. A pair of Texas researchers will share their knowledge and love of both sharks and the ocean with audiences worldwide Thursday during one of television's most popular weeks, Shark Week. Dr. Greg Stuns, director for the Center for Sport Fish Science and Conservation and professor of marine biology at Texas A&M Corpus Christi, and Dr. Kesley Banks, assistant research scientist for the Heart Research Institute for Gulf of Mexico Studies, will be featured during two programs Thursday on the Discovery Channel during Shark Week. And for the first time ever, Heart Research Institute researchers were also featured in National Geographic's Shark Fest programming July 18th. Dr. Banks joins us with more. Both programs are looking at short fin makos. In Shark Fest, we looked at an interaction between an angler and a short fin mako that came up upon him a couple of years ago off the coast of Alabama. 
Dr. Banks said that is part of a larger episode looking at the stealth techniques that sharks use when interacting with potential prey. She said it was a peaceful interaction. For Shark Week, we are looking at how shortfin makos use artificial reefs during their migrations. That show will highlight some of the research on mako sharks taking place at Texas A&M Corpus Christi. You can catch Doctors Banks and Stuns on Shark Week on the Discovery Channel Thursday, July 28th. The first show, Sharks with Tracy Morgan, will air at 7 p.m. Central. The second show, Monster Mako Under the Rig, will air at 9 p.m. on Discovery and Discovery Plus. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The cattle complex moved in opposite directions today with live cattle trading higher while the feeder market moved lower. We'll take a closer look at all of Monday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Take the path less traveled and learn about the diversity of agriculture in the Lone Star State. It's a little education and a whole lot of fun. Texas farmers and ranchers between the ages of 18 and 35 can join the Texas Farm Bureau Young Farmer and Rancher Fall Tour, September 9th through the 11th in Amarillo, Texas. Learn about the diversity of Texas agriculture in the Amarillo area. Develop a network with other young producers across the state. Fellowship with one another and make new friends. Registration is open now. Visit TexasFarmBureau.org to register. The Texas Farm Bureau Young Farmers and Ranchers Fall Tour. The registration deadline is August 4th. Reserve your spot today. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle complex moved in opposite directions on Monday to kick off the week. Live cattle closed higher while feeder cattle closed lower. We had a positive USDA cattle inventory report released on Friday afternoon showing a 2% decrease in the nation's cow herd. That might have helped support the live cattle market a bit. August up 37 cents at 137.75. The October up 35, 143.35. While December live cattle were up 45 cents at 148.62. But that report was not enough to keep feeder cattle out of the red. A big jump in the corn market on Monday put pressure on the feeders. As we usually see, August feeder cattle dropped 225 at 179.30. September feeder cattle down $1.80, 182.67. October down $1.75 at 185.25. Cash-fed cattle trade, quiet on Monday. We wrapped up last week, selling most of our cattle here in Texas at 136. Boxed beef was higher on Monday. Choice up $1.38 at 268.50. Select was up $1.02, 243.52. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Let's see what we got put together for you today. Oh, yes, it's Seth Crane from Union Commission Hondo Livestock. Sold them this time last week. Seth, how was that Monday sale? 
Uh, good run this week. 850 head of cattle. Ended up with right at 350 cows. A big cow run this week. Really took money off that packer market, especially on those lighter carcass cows. Uh, you can sell those lower yielding cows anywhere from 22 cents up to 47 or 8. Uh, top cow would top out at 77 cents today. Most olive cows would kind of bring in the upper 60s, uh, real up 70s on the very best end. Bulls, same deal. Took money off 51 to 96. Average spring from 750 to 1370. And on our red cows, from 600 to 950. Uh, just a lot of people getting backed up and a lot of cows standing around. Calf and yard market, very good on the number one end. Thought they're selling very well. Um, two to three weights, $1.42 to 170. Two to three weight heifers, 128 to 162. Four weight steers, $1.58 to 186. Two to four weight heifers, 122, 132 to 160. Four to five weight steers, $1.52. Up to 188. Four to five weight heifers, 130 to 158. Five to six weight steers, $1.42 to 178. Five to six weight heifers, 125 to 156. Six to seven weight steers, $1.30 to 151. Six to seven weight heifers. Dollar eighteen to one forty-eight. Six to seven to eight weight steers. Dollar eighteen to one twenty-eight. Seven to eight weight heifers. Dollar five to one twenty-two. Looking forward to next week. Uh, probably the same deal. Be quite a few cattle again. Sure, dry everywhere, and uh, you know people having to get rid of them. Uh, if we can help, feel free to contact us 830-741-8061. Email my cell phone two one zero two eight eight thirty nine sixty. And for updates and information, visit us on Facebook or HondaLivestock.com. Seth, thank you so much. I'm Larry Marble. For Walking the Pins, a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. And neighbor, I like you and I like this so much, I'll put another program together tomorrow. Good day. Thank you, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs dropped lower on Monday. August hogs down a dollar forty-seven, one seventeen twenty-two. The October down two twenty at ninety-four twelve. Class three milk was higher. July milk up two cents, twenty-two fifty-four a hundred. August milk up 45 at 2068 100 weight. The cotton market put in a mixed close. A lot of factors pulling on cotton prices right now, and they have mostly to do with the economic situation here in our country. Of course, we've got crop ratings coming out that we get every week, so we'll be watching those. But the Federal Reserve meets this week. We get reports on second quarter GDP this week, and we get our weekly export sales. All of those factors affect the cotton market. Then you throw in our Texas weather on top of that, and you can see why we get these big swings to both the up and downside in the cotton trade. October cotton dropped 191 points Monday, 97.52, while the December was up 17, 91.06. The corn and wheat markets got a boost from a Russian attack over the weekend. If you'll remember last week, Russia announced they had a deal with Ukraine to allow Ukrainian grain exports. However, over the weekend, Russia attacked one of their three export ports. So the grain market reacted by jumping sharply higher, both corn and wheat, on Monday. September corn up 15 and three quarters, 580 a bushel. December corn up 19 and a half, 583 and three quarters. September Kansas City wheat. Up 19 and a half, 839 and three quarters. September Chicago wheat up 11 at 770 a bushel. In the energy markets on Monday, August natural gas was up 53 cents, 883. September crude oil up 206 at 9676 a barrel. The financial markets narrowly mixed on Monday afternoon. The Dow was up 28 points, 31,928. The Nasdaq down 90 points, 11,743, while the S&P was down 5, 3,956. 
That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.